Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Caps and Bagpipes, the Scottish Baseball Podcast. I'm John McKellar, the Glasgow Comets. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Proprietor of the Dugout Classics. Proprietor of Dugout Classics. Former Edinburgh Cannon. <laughs> T and Tops podcaster, T-tops. also known as Bubba on Baseball. I've got a lot of aliases on here. So. Yeah. So it's weird to actually see you here yes. instead of looking at the screen to see yeah, what's going on. We are in the same place together for the first time doing the show in person. It's a very different experience than I anticipated it being. To be I, I still have a screen to look at, so it's yeah. all right. I can still be okay here. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing this evening, we have uh, two game weeks worth of scores to get through because we've had a couple of weeks off. Um, we have the 25th of July's games. Mm-hmm. There were no games last weekend with it being the midsummer break. Right. Um, but we've got this past Sunday's games and we'll uh, obviously do a run over. Uh, the league table and the standards as we head into the final stretch of the season. We're also going to talk about baseball equipment and uh, we're going to do that with an eye on uh, sort of new people. Uh, so anyone who's new to the game who encounters this or has just had an interest in you know the equipment that's used in baseball, uh, we're going to talk about you know what we need to start out playing. Um, you know some of the kind of better kind of known brands, um, right. and then we'll talk about some of Jason's favourite stuff, um, whether it be items that he's used playing over overseas as a child. As a teenager, up and through uh, his old manhood. Um, old man, <laughs> getting abused in my own man cave. <laughs> it's the man cave now. Man cave office. It's, it's, it's the man cave no longer. The man cave. It's, it is. <laughs> Why don't we start with the scores from two? Well, it was three Sundays ago, but two game days ago, back on July the twenty fifth. So let me just grab that info from my trusty area here, which. Uh, I have actually a WhatsApp message I, I was going to say uh, with I mean, a piece of paper that I wrote we, the scores on before I came down. <laughs> I was going to say I probably should have <laughs> given you the Wi-Fi Wi-Fi password <laughs> on this before we started. Uh, unfortunately, not. So the man cave has two, at least you know, a good two feet of solid stone on one side and uh, a street on the other. So yeah, so the Wi-Fi doesn't work too well out here. As if you watched our Negro League fundraiser interviews last year, I had some problems. Yeah. Yeah. I did. For sure, yeah, and the least of your problems was getting your name right correct. I won't even try that one, but yes, <laughs> but yes. so uh, we're, we're doing okay tonight. Yeah, we we, uh, we didn't think this was more of a kind of surprise that John's in town. I said, yes. right, let's do the live show from the man cave. So clearly I need to clear out the man cave and make it a double-seater now. So, <laughs> um, Let's go back to the 25th of July, way back in time for a, a good couple of weeks, um, and we'll start with the Devils over the Breakers, 23-9 to nine was the final score there. I don't know if you remember hearing anything about that game. It's been a while now ago, um, but uh, obviously a huge victory for the Devils who you know, just continue to go from strength to strength to strength this season. I think they've been a real dark horse and a surprise um, who've uh, kind of come out of nowhere with this amazing record they have. They're putting massive totals of runs on the board, no matter what. So we do have a game report from them. So mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, uh, Alfredo pitched the game. Now, if, right. if you've not played baseball in the last seven years, you've never heard of Alfredo. Alfredo has returned from hiding. I, I don't know where he disappeared to. And I, I, don't, I think that's a, a guarded secret of where <laughs> Alfredo hid for seven years. But he came back. And the reason why I say this is I remember Alfredo because he once played Instead of having batting gloves, since we're talking about equipment, he played in gardener's gloves. So gardener's like, gloves? Probably, yeah, like the ones you get from B&Q. Break gardener's gloves? <laughs> not, those, not nearly as nice, but yes, <laughs> he, he like gardener gloves from B&Q and uses the batting practice gloves. So that was Alfredo. Uh, so that was great fun. So yeah, he hasn't pitched in seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, the game was very tight. It was four and four after the first half of the fourth, and then the Devils opened up with six runs in the bottom of the second inning. And added by a three-run home run by Leo Hernandez. So we right. had a home run. We haven't had a home run yet for a while. Yeah, well, Albert got two in Tapeport. 
Well, there we go. So I think that's he... the last ones I remember here, no. Okay, yeah. So it's you know, as per usual, not a lot of home runs in the Scottish True, League yeah. here, but that's good. Uh let's see this added 11 runs in the bottom of the fourth, helped by a big wave by Panda, who went four for five with two doubles and four RBIs. Uh, they said Tayport had solid contact and kept to themselves in the bait pass, and they played very well. So um, all went well. And Ivan wanted to point out that he did go three for four, the double and RBI, two runs scored, yes. and unassisted double play. Interesting. So. <laughs> Not something you see often in Scotland, the unassisted double play. Um, double plays are a premium overall in this country due to the kind of real hops and, and bumps that our fields take. There's the, the absolutely solid grounds we have to ground the ball on. Yeah. So yes, so uh, and they did really well. And they said everyone one through nine got a hit. So they're very proud Fantastic. of the Devils now they did there. Yeah. Uh, also they said the, the, they had the development game yeah. um, and they came back and they won that in a walk-off fashion with Wonderful. a two-out hit by starting pitcher and the first time ever pitching, Devin Greenshield. So excellent, good job to you Super. on Devin. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to all. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I have for that game. So we actually have quite a game roundup for mm. So it seems like it's very much a tale of two different seasons, but it seems like it's been par for the course for both those teams. The Devils putting up a lot of runs, mm-hmm. um, putting a lot of contact on the ball. Tapeport again putting a lot of contact on the ball, but just somehow not making it past the finish line and, and not being able to get uh, the the pitching depth and the fielding uh, that they put so much time into uh, put right into play and uh and holding teams off so it seems like it's probably a fair result and a probably the more expected result um in that one one result that i wasn't expecting uh, a game that i sadly missed due to injury uh was cannons 20 comets four i wasn't expect i was expecting that well of course <laughs> you were. um but no a, a massive win for the cannons there um, and the uh, you know us comments we haven't given up a whole lot of runs this season uh, we've we've managed to keep teams off the scoreboard more often than not um it looks like some of the old uh, the old uh, demons from days past crept back into the field and uh, there were some defensive issues a couple of the errors that were just at the wrong time um which led to that massive uh, scoreline um obviously great pitching from the cannons to hold the comets to just the four runs um two two straight losses that made so comets after a fantastic start of uh, four no Drop to four and two with that loss. Ooh, that's a rough one there. Like I said, there was you guys were off to a good start to start Absolutely, the season there, yeah. and it, it definitely is the tale of two seasons. You yeah. guys started off well, the cannons not so much, exactly. and it's flip flopped. Yeah. The cannons have started to come good. Um, it, it clearly, I went down that day and through batting practice. It just changed everyone's fortunes. Of course, I I, I take full credit for that. So it's your fucking fault, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I <laughs> <laughs> The last uh, game from the 25th of July is the Galaxy with a great victory over the Aberdeen Oilers, 12-5. to um, The Galaxy have had some struggles this season. They've uh, they've run into some games where they've had some frustrating losses uh, in the f- sort of first half, so to speak. So uh, a good way for them to close out the first half uh, before the winter, for winter break, the mid-summer break uh, in, the, in the season, um, 12-5 to victors there. So those are the three games from July 25th. I think I even have Stevens game report. Hold on. It's because they have the game changer on it. I'm just trying to see if I can pull it up with really it quick. Again, my my prior research was the, not the best on this. So Gasper yeah. Galaxy, there we go. There so we Grand Sai Oilers. Uh, they fell behind early and couldn't come back in a 12 to 5 loss to Glasgow Galaxy on Sunday, the 25th of July. Now the Galaxy scored on a ground out ground out by Jim Seha and a single by John Teeth, a walk by Brian Clark, and finally a single by Elvis. In the first inning, the Oilers struggled to contain the high-powered offense of the Galaxy, giving up 12 runs overall. The Galaxy got on the board in the first inning. Seahawks grounding out, scoring one run. 
Jake Wright took the win for Glasgow Galaxy. Uh, he has been pitching very well this season. Right. Okay. I think he's going from strength to strength as a pitcher, and I think if we if we see him do that more and more uh, moving forward, I think the Galaxy have got a long term arm that they can rely on. You've got, uh, you've got a new Luke, is what you're saying. I think it's too early to say that, but certainly um, possibilities I think are that, there. I think that the way Jake has stepped up mitigates the loss of Luke quite a bit. Right. Um, you know, they've obviously had a really rough start to the season, the Galaxy, but they've started to come around and do a hell of a lot better um, in the last couple of games. But yeah, so last Kobani took the loss uh, on the mound for the Oilers, um, which is going to be a tough one for him to take, man. Lass has had a really a few really good outings recently. I want to say that was his first yeah. loss of the season at that yeah, point. Yeah, he allowed seven hits uh, on, uh, he allowed the 12 runs on seven hits. So um, a lot of walks or errors obviously would be the usual kind of, it's just the usual, baseball, yes. usual day out of the field. He, he struck out four, which is quite a low strikeout total, I think. Um, in our league, but then I think Lass is a guy who very much pitches to contact uh, from what I've experienced of playing against them. Um, Ross Doyle, Paul Gardner, Jared Tonley, David Johnson, Connor Smith and Federico Gambidotti each collected a hit to lead the Granite City Oilers. So there we go. So uh, like I said, we, we thank you guys. If you guys get game reports, yeah. we do our best to obviously cover them. Absolutely. Um, and, and it really helps out when you guys do these. Mm-hmm. And and for our audience in the States, so we have a quite a big, we have a huge audience in the States. Yeah, about 36.4% of your listeners are in the United States. Yes. In case you're wondering. Uh, well, there mostly, we go. <laughs> mostly I'm in Ohio. <laughs> so for some reason. That, that would be it's Eric Kilburner. Ohio, <laughs> we love you. That would be Eric Kittleberger just watching yeah. a show over and over again. Especially, so especially you Daytonians. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to mention that Eric Pollard doing no hitter, but you know where. It's Robert Pollard. It's Robert Pollard. Okay, well, I got half of it right. I don't even well, like the band, so <laughs> I got at least his last name right. True, true. Yeah, and I know it's guided by voices, so Indeed. you know, yeah. I, I've never listened to any of their music, so I, I'm clearly just deprived. So. You're missing out in a massive way. Let's move on with the baseball, <laughs> shall we? Um, so, like we said, the August first, the weekend of August first was a week off. It was the midsummer break, um, a chance for everyone to wind down, relax a bit, and enjoy the last weekend of the fair. So. In other words, it was hangover season. Um, <laughs> it was a, a weekend for people to sober up a bit. Um, we'll go over the scores from the full three-game slate on August 8th now. Last um, weekend? Yeah, this past Sunday. Um, now, I missed again the game. It wasn't only through injury, although I do have a pretty serious hamstring problem. It's probably going to keep me out for, if not the rest of the season, then most of it, unfortunately, um, which is heartbreaking after the start that we had. But... Um, I was down in Portsmouth giving away my lovely cousin Tracy at her wedding this past I uh, saw weekend. that you both looked lovely. Yeah. yeah. So f- funny it was a weekend of weddings. I went to a wedding. What a Zoom wedding. A Zoom wedding? I did the Zooms anyway. Fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. Shout out to our buddy Heavy J, who had a Zoom wedding himself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Heavy J. Yeah. Uh, Legend. Um, so the Comets, my, my, my beloved Glasgow Comets, faced the Tapeport Breakers this past Sunday. Uh, back to winning ways, uh, improving the record to 5-2 and two with a 15-6 to six victory over the Breakers. What I think is important to point out is how quickly the Breakers came out of the blocks. Uh, they had a 3 nothing lead early and it looked like they were they were going to hold it for a while longer until the, the Comets eventually did come alive um, and delivered a couple of really big uh, at-bats um, to eventually pull away with that 15-6 to six victory. Um, another you know tremendous team performance by the guys. Um, showing a, m- a lot more of that mental toughness that we've shown earlier this season rather than the kind of mistakes and the, uh, the mental collapses that we tended to have uh, in the wrong times and in previous years. So um, it's good to right the ship a bit again. And obviously with the Devils, as good as they are this year, every win from here on out counts as two. 
um, you know, it's, it's very important to keep winning it, your games at the top end of the table. It is a very slim margin of of of, of error mm. on this season. Like I said, you lose two games and you find yourself mid table. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've seen that already with people like Karens. The Karens have gone from, you know, toiling toward the bottom to then second place, uh, or thereabouts. And you know, you've seen it with the Galaxy even, who had yep. a really bad start. They've won a couple of games and now all of a sudden they are still uh, in with very much with a shout of the postseason. Yeah. I believe it's the top top four as I think go to the postseason this year. I do not know the format. I think the first, yeah. the top two have a bye and everyone else yeah. is in that way, which exactly. could actually create a problem because if Edinburgh are end up one and two and you guys end up three and four. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you gonna play? Yeah, yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's worst case scenario, but that means yeah. probably a game on Saturday on that way. But yeah. um tell you what, Paul Convoy, if you're watching, let us know. Um, tell us, tell us the uh, tell us the format of the postseason. I think it's top four for some reason. I don't know. I, remember I, that. I, I, just, I thought it was everyone. The first got, three, fourth, second, third, I imagine. I I, th- I thought it was one and two got through the first round, mm. and then it went uh, three versus uh, six and four versus five, mm. and then through that way. So again, it would, this would cause problems because again, so if, if it's and both Edinburgh teams go with the bye. Mm-hmm. And both Glasgow plays, so that means you got to play both Saturday and Sunday, or two games on Sunday, yeah. and then the following week. And both games are in Edinburgh because yeah. <laughs> they'd be the home team. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see how this uh, how this all comes around. So and, um, this could be really interesting from a scheduling perspective. So um we'll find out more. We don't know yet. Um uh it's been a busy summer and it's actually the last this is the last week of the kids not being in school for me. So I can't wait. Yes. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love my kids, but uh, I'm looking forward to having some free time during the day again to uh uh, not be your daddy every five minutes. <laughs> Love you, Arthur. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when Arthur's six, we'll yeah. be talking there. So, so um, the next game on the uh, this past weekend, the 8th of August, was Edinburgh Devils over the Granite City Oilers. Uh, once again, the Devils put up over 20 runs. It was 21-5, to five, the final score. Not only are the Devils scoring a lot of runs, but they're also, at this point, holding other teams to very few. Um, and I think that that's a really dangerous cocktail for any team that's trying to catch up with them this year. Um, I think at this point, you have to look at the Devils as the marginal favourites for the title, um, given how consistent they've managed to stay. Obviously, there's, there's no there's no telling what could happen over the last few weeks of the season, but Absolutely. at the moment, um, it looks like it's the Devils to lose. Um, the Comets and I believe one or two other teams do have a game in hand. Right. Um, but I think especially with us dropping the two in a row, um, that causes uh, us to be a bit more of an uphill battle for for the Comets. And I think obviously the Cannons, it's one of those with the Cannons where if it was a full-length season, they would be, I think, more comfortable. But obviously mm-hmm. with it being such a truncated schedule, there's less time for them to make up that ground. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be an interesting one there. So uh, one of the highlights I wanted to point out for the Devils game, they uh-huh. had 19 people travel. That's almost unheard of. Yeah, that's two in a bit team. That is two teams there. Yeah. Two teams and a, and a scorekeeper. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's a good number of people there. That You know what? That tells you how much the growth in baseball mm-hmm. is there. Usually you had six guys show up for a game, maybe seven. Yeah. And and, and yeah. to actually get um, 19 people to show up for a game in Aberdeen. Yeah. Like I said, no one likes road trips. It just goes to show as well how, how, much, how much fun winning is. You know, like winning makes it more fun making it more fun makes it more likely that people are going to show every week um so which i think comes around again to the overall structure of the league and the way it's going the more competitive the game is the more people are going to be be interested and maintain that interest um because you've got at this point people who don't even play but 
um, show up to games. There's a lady, uh, I think her name's Toby Etta, who started showing up to a lot of Glasgow games. Mm -hmm. There was the, the famous post on Facebook the, uh, today. Cool, what the, is this one? The two Comets fans. Wait, yes, um, the two Comets fans. Right, are we going to do that now? Are you going to do that the, or the end of the show? But we'll talk more about that later. Okay. But yeah, it was, I, I didn't it was see that Yeah, it was such a lovely post. Um, but it's just supposed to show how a competitive league doesn't just make it more fun for us. It makes it more likely that people are going to become interested and sustain that interest. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, we have one more uh, result to get through uh, from this past Sunday, and it was a tight one. The Edinburgh Cannons defeated the Glasgow Galaxy 5-4. to four. I think that's a huge... I think I don't think it's hyperbole to say that that's the biggest win of this Cannon season so far. Um, this was one they needed to take. I think it was probably a must-win game for both sides because mm -hmm. they're both kind of working for that mid-table... Um, kind of bottom of the playoff season. Absolutely, yeah, especially sort of if it's area. the way we think it is. Uh -huh. If it's the first two go through, yeah, yeah. that second seed's going to be very mm -hmm. important. Yeah, absolutely. And also for the Cannons, it puts more pressure on the Comets mm -hmm. because while the Comets do have a game in hand, um, we've been shown to be vulnerable by the, you know, the two games that we lost, which I believe one of them was to the Devils. And clearly missing you, you're the good luck charm. You need to be there. <laughs> That's making all the yeah, difference right there. The development first baseman um, is, is the key to you all. Hey, you never know. Like I said, sometimes you just need that cheerleader in the sidelines going, oh, go team, go. We've got Fraser for that. Okay, well, Fraser, good you, Fraser. Uh, you're doing a good job, man. Yeah, All right. absolutely. Um, so that's the full slate of games from the 8th of August. Just uh, one more note on the Cannons and Galaxy. Uh, when was the last time that you saw such a low-scoring game as a 5-4? to four? They, they happen. The one that really sticks out in my mind was the 4th of July game probably about four years ago, five years ago. We played a nine-inning game. The final score was 3-2 to two, and so. was won by a walk-off home run by Chris Walmont. And the game finished in under two hours. Wow. Yep. Want to guess who pitched that game? This you guy. did. Yeah, yeah, of course. The pitch to contact makes it go so much quicker. Yeah. But yes, uh, it's unusual to see games that low. I'm, I'm, I'm loving to see the scores are close. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like everyone's getting blown out. Yeah. And it means we're playing very competitive baseball. And I, I, I think we can hang with pretty much anyone in Britain, yeah. minus the NBL guys. Mm -hmm. And hey, those they, they, they have paid players. They're playing for them so they can do well in the CEU Cups. And speaking of which, congratulations to the London Mets for winning. They won. They were the first team ever to win a CEB Cup in Moscow. So, um, you know, hats off to them. That, that's a quite an accomplishment. Like that is a tough round of people to play with. Uh, and I know the London Capitals were in Ukraine, and they, they only won one game there. But um, one of our former players, Lewis Wampler, was down there. And it was good oh, yeah. out there. So, yeah. So it was good to hear uh, they did okay out there. But uh, yeah, congratulations for you know the the best ever British team to play abroad. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, why don't we get the team standings then up and we'll have a wee look at the. Oh, look. so there we go. I said, apparently it was the best game of Scottish space in a while, Cannons versus Galaxy. So there you go. Wonderful. He has some short term memory there because he yeah. doesn't remember my game there. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> no, so much for the comment. Thank you so know. much. For, that's awesome yeah. to hear. Um, that's always nice to hear that that was a good scene game. Well, I'm just going to pull up our scores here. Oh, there's a lovely guy there. We'll get the standings up as soon as my ancient computer decides to work. But first, the work from our sponsors. <laughs> I'm not going there. I have to practice that more. 
So the Bobcats and Bagpipes podcast is brought to you by <laughs> the Classics. Okay, Classics. Europe's, UK and Europe's largest vintage baseball supplier. Yeah. Get your jerseys at dunkclassics.com. Indeed. There we go. Now, now, that we're going, now that we've got all this nonsense out of the way, let's <laughs> <laughs> take a look at the standards. So in AAA, you have uh, the Inver Diamond Devils, like we said, they are in first place uh, with a seven wins, one loss record. Um, so after eight games, they are almost spotless and they are putting up massive amounts of runs as well. So uh, like we said uh, a moment ago, now that they've started to pitch even better and are holding teams to fewer runs, it's, it's going to be hard to, to topple Jack the Devils off that approach, mm-hmm. um, of that perch. Now, obviously the Devils have been there many a time before, uh, but it's been a while for the Devils. Uh, what do you attribute to their resurgence? Do you think it's the, the, do you think that they've benefited especially from the collapse of the, the Giants? In the last year or two? I, I think with the Giants being gone, that all suddenly freed up, say, three guys mm-hmm. to go to each team yeah. and kind of even those teams out. Instead of being stretched thin, it's become okay yeah. and there. And I think that what the developmental league is absolutely what it's done is create a, a place where people keep coming back and back. Um, they keep coming back and back and go, okay, I'm, I may not play on the AAA team, but I'm getting playing time in the developmental league. And I'm enjoying it. There's not as much mm-hmm. pressure there. And then it gives you something to work towards to get up that way. So I think it's a combination of both that's really kind of making everything just yeah, good. I mean, as much as I would like to see the Giants come back, it might just be spreading the Edinburgh teams too thin. Um, and, you know, with without the Tapeport Breakers, we would probably would have tried to do something like that. At least yeah. uh, previously, we would have mm-hmm. tried to do something like that. So um, with having the two teams and the development teams, I think that's just made it stronger that way. Yeah. And then, you, know, yeah. you, you knowing that you're going to have enough guys show up um, makes it's, a huge difference. It's good for the quality of the game in this country to maximise teams' uh, potential rather than maximising the number of teams just because you've got the numbers. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, it was one of those things, I think uh, it was a tough one to say, let's do it. But I think it was also the right thing there because it was just a struggle for all three teams to get enough players now. Mm-hmm. And now you're at the point now, okay, well, we do have a solid core of 12 guys who are good to play every week. And then we can get some time for developmental guys with their game before that. So um, what I like to see developmental league start playing two hour games and, and and grow that next season. I would think that would be amazing um, to get that going there. So we'll, we'll find out how, uh, what the plan is in the off season. Not only there, but yeah, um, you know, getting as many people as that bats and playing time as I can in a low pressure, um, situation absolutely i think that's is that's going to be the key to growing the sport for the next few years absolutely yeah now before we move on to the rest of the triple a standings i want to point out that um we've been given a comment about the breakers uh, so uh, thanks to jason west and the breakers for hosting an umpire school uh, at their field during the off week that's brian clark of the glasgow galaxy um and fiona has commented again saying defo agree to have longer dev games um, which I think is probably where it's headed. I mean, we're going to do a bit of development and make it A ball and triple A eventually, um, which I can't wait to see that happen. I want to see it be more um, levels uh, and be more of a kind of graduation and, and relegation type deal, um, like, a, oh, like a farm oh, oh, system. Oh, oh, oh. A farm system or, yeah. or, or some like an EPL kind of thing there. Yeah, like, like a reserve. Get, reg- yeah. get regulated and go, no. 
I didn't mean I didn't mean yeah. the relegation as in like, no, I mean like um I know you meant more like, you a hard time. Yeah, yes. Promotion and options <laughs> and optioning uh, <laughs> to, to put it in nicer terms. Um so tied for second place, uh both matching five and two records are the Ember Cannons and uh, the Glasgow Comets. Um like we've covered, uh, that's largely probably where you would expect both teams to be with the traject- with the trajectory that both their seasons have had. Cannons obviously had a pretty tough start started to come into their own comments. We've been the opposite. We won four straight to start and then we've kind of had a bit of a bump with two straight losses. Obviously, great win this past Sunday though over the Bakers. Um, so I'm really excited to see where things go uh, over the coming uh, over the coming weeks. Three weeks. Uh, I, I assume there's three more. Uh, the, I think I, so there's three uh, more weeks three of more. league games and then a makeup week. Right. Um, okay. Obviously with the with the COVID issue and week two, um, there are four teams that do have a game in hand, so right. it's going to be interesting to see how that will factor in with how close it is yes, among the top three. I, I was wondering <laughs> that, that extra week could end up being the one that decides things. I was wondering if it was going to be um, a, a ten-game season. I, I actually don't know the schedule, so um, a ten-game season that means you played every team twice, and then you go into so eleven games. Eleven-game season. Yep. Okay, so yeah, so there's not much left in the season, so. Uh, it will be very interesting to see how this play, plays out. This is where it gets really competitive. And of course, this is also gets the, the rainy part of the year for us. Yes. <laughs> um, we're going to take a look at this coming Sunday's games later, but this, this coming week um, is going to be quite a doozy. Right. Okay. Well, well, later on, really, let's hear really it. Later we'll, on we'll get to that after we do the standards. Um, at three and four in fourth place are the Granite City Oilers. Um, the Glasgow Galaxy are currently at two and five. Um, they've had periods of stuttering, um, especially early on in the season, but they are starting to show um, more of that potential and more of that ability that mm-hmm. they have. Like I've said, Jake has really stepped into the role that he's been given this year yeah. uh, with a plume. You know, he's smashed a home run in the opening game of the season. I think he's doing everything that you could realistically expect of one player yeah. um, to fill so many different gaps that so they have. You, you're saying he's your Shohei Atani. He's he probably is glad to show you. He's a glass yeah. legion. He's pretty <laughs> excellent. Um, I I can I can't say enough about Jake. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player and he's a fantastic guy as well. I don't talk about that. We need to get like a shirt made of Ouija Otani and then Ouija Otani. <laughs> Come on, you know it. you know somebody would buy that. At least True. his mom. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the table breakers are saying uh, thanks, bud, to uh, Brian. Uh, happy to do it. Kudos to all who made it over. Um, the Breakers, uh, incidentally, are currently still sitting in sixth and last place. Still without a win at this point. Uh, they're 0-8 for the season now. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. I was disappointed to see them going to the, the midsummer break without a victory because I feel like it's something that they deserve uh, more of. You know, they don't deserve to be 0-8. I don't think when you look at balance of play and you look at some of the contact the guys have been making, especially in games... Um, <laughs> the comments, Sandy Otani. Otani. <laughs> well, Ian, now that you mention it, that's food for thought. Sandy, right. Sandy Otani is uh, a great point, to be honest. Um, so that's your standings. Um, obviously, the Devils again, I think it's probably theirs to lose at this point, but like we've covered the last week of the season, that extra week of makeup games could, make could, could end up being different speakers. So watch this space. Absolutely. I mean, there's only one game difference there. We could end up yeah. with, in theory, a three-way tie yeah, at yeah. first place there. So uh, at Tayport, like I said, it's a tough one. Hang in there, guys. Like, we're wishing you nothing but the best there. Like, from everything I've heard, you guys are right in the cusp of winning games there. It's just a couple of things there. And we're pulling for you to get that first game. So, yeah. Now let's move on uh, to baseball equipment. 
we just want to give a, I just wanted to cover this pretty quickly this evening, uh, do a wee bit of a kind of rundown of equipment and baseball for anyone who might be new to the sport. I know that there's been a lot of people this year who have started to engage with the game that aren't necessarily looking to get involved with playing or, or volunteering, but just have an interest, a passing interest in the fact that there are Scottish teams. So Jason, what do you need, first off, fundamentally, to be a baseball player? Glove. You gotta have a good glove. What kind of glove? It's important, I think, as well, to distinguish that there are various different types of glove. Picking picking the right equipment is very dependent on a lot of different factors. Am I right? It's uh, what position. What you position play, you're playing? You know, what size are you? Uh, what type of league are you playing in? So, pretty much, your standard outfield glove will do the trick. I'll be a little, a little bit larger there. It's, um, I mean. I've got my glove here, you know, happily. Oh, there you go. So it is a 12-inch glove. I, I definitely need to get some oil on that sucker. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, um, you don't have to pay much for one. I, I would expect to pay at least 50 pounds for a glove. Uh, and, you know, you can get them as fancy as you want. So I got mine custom made because I figured I was only going to have one more glove in my lifetime. So uh, literally, I've owned three gloves, four gloves in my lifetime. So I had my, my Dale Murphy pro model rawlings glove that was my first love at six years old that lasted all the way through high school shit you not yeah uh i bought my no 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 it was, it, because it was my pitcher's glove so that was it so i and then i had my first baseman's glove that i bought at 14 and and that was my other glove so i had my first baseman's glove that i used all the time there and i came to pitch i, I still use the same glove for 12 years my Dale Murphy uh, Pro Model one. And then I had my mom send me a glove when I first moved out here. Again, it's a 12 inch model, knowing that I can do that there. And that lasted for, gosh, 12 years, 10 years before I said, all right, we'll get one more glove. And obviously, got my glove there. You don't have to spend much on a glove, but glove care is important. Yes. So uh, you, you should oil it. This should be a darker blue than what it is. <laughs> Poor glove. <laughs> um, and like I said, you, you, we, we want to go by fit. And the one thing you want to do is make sure you don't let anyone else stick their hands in your glove because it will be molded to your yeah. hand only. So I definitely um, don't, don't do what Johnny Gould did to Nomar Garcia-Para's glove that one time. I, do, I don't remember this. Refresh my memory. So the Channel 5 guys, uh, Johnny Gould, they, they went on tour and uh, Johnny picked up Nomar's glove in the dugout. He went, oh, that's Nomar's glove. And, uh, and Nomar was terrible for weeks after that because he had crushed his glove. <laughs> I think he did that on purpose. Because Johnny, Johnny Gould's a brave friend. If I, yeah. <laughs> I believe he is, yes. Um, Who, um, it's also worth mentioning that Big Johnny celebrated the 60th birthday just recently. So oh, wow. Very happy 60th birthday to the big guy. So so as we go back to the size of your glove, 12-inch glove is obviously fine. Like, you literally, like a 13-inch glove is an outfielder's glove. You don't need any, any bigger than that. It's really... Uh, just as nice and simple as that. If, if you play a middle infield position or a third base, even you want a smaller glove, you might want to go to 11 inch glove there. And that's just literally to get it in and out as quickly as possible. So um, as a, you know, gloves cost from as little as 20 quid. Don't recommend them. They're usually a, a fake <laughs> cow hide. You'll see it. It looks very plastic. Usually sold at Comet Sports and, um, and they go up to, oh gosh, I, I, <laughs> funny enough, I saw an alligator skin uh, glove going for a thousand dollars there. So <laughs> it's apparently, if you live in Florida, you need an alligator skin glove. So 
that sounds like Kenny Powers level nonsense. Exactly. I mean, I mean, who 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 needs a, 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 Apparently, it holds up quite well. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen the elephant skin glove, which apparently you can do. Again, seems really odd, but I, I don't know. Um, it's not, not liking that. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I Sylvan sent me on a deep dive in gloves. I think he actually looked at like kangaroo leather <laughs> as a. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, there, there was all these weird animals that you get gloves for. But yes, like I said, literally uh, get a glove to, to start with. And then if you decide you really enjoy baseball, spend like 100 pounds on a glove and it will literally last you a lifetime. Like, you know, as long as you take care of it and in, in the off season, you put a ball in it, and you, you know, you don't just throw it in a quarter, you keep it dry and all that. So uh, <laughs> uh, absolutely can keep a glove in good condition and it can last forever. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at uh, major leaguers, they literally have like three gloves that they have all year long. Mm-hmm. They'll have uh, um, the one they're using, the one they're breaking in and they're one to like play catching and they'll use that same glove year round. And as soon as someone breaks, they, they put it on there. So if the pros can play 162 games plus practices like that, you can do just fine a hundred dollar glove. For yeah, years. And, and you're getting the ball hit at them at 110 miles an hour as well. <laughs> the impact on the glove in a major league game is a considerable distance from, uh, from what we would ever experience. Um, I got my glove for 13 pounds. Right. Did you, where'd you get your glove at? eBay. See, there you go. Yep. Some, Always, if you're looking for a new glove, check eBay in the off season, just after the, uh, just after like college time, um, because that's when a lot of people tend to sell their gloves online uh, if they've moved on from the game or whatever. So that's yeah. Whatever you do, if you, I mean, if you buy a glove here in the UK, you buy a glove here in the states or uh, the Netherlands because with COVID. Like I said, you're gonna you're gonna get hit with the VAT. It's this part of it. You, you cannot avoid it, and it's gonna send about a third of your price up because of it. There. So, so that begs the question: When is dugout classics gonna start selling gloves? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this place. You don't have you barely have space for the jerseys. God, never mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, this is the first time we've had two people in here. So, you know, yeah. try, trying to put this little gloves. You know, if anything, I do baseball bats. I think baseball bats yeah. would be far more interesting than actual gloves would be. Because the glove, you I feel like the glove, you need to put your hand in it. And when you're buying it blind, you don't know what you're getting. Whereas uh, a bat, you can pretty much go, okay, I want a 100, 110 model bat. And no matter which 110, <coughs> 110 model bat, it will feel the yeah. same no matter what. So um, before we move on from gloves, all right. Um, if you're interested in baseball, but you don't want to play, you can still get yourself a glove in the, in the form of a wallet. An excellent wallet. This was made by Big Less over at When It Was A Game. When It Was A Game. Um, check out their Facebook. Uh, it's just When It Was A Game, I believe it's yep, called. And the website. Yeah, they have a website as well, uh-huh. um, which is... <laughs> You're going to pull it up there, yep. See? Um, Whenitwasagame.org or just uh, contact Weber at binary.net. That's his email address. So, yeah, so John's got his wallet. I've yeah. got my wallet here, as long as I don't screw the cam up. This was a wonderful gift from Les after we interviewed him on uh, the NLBM art but, broadcast but, that we were doing. But who is on your wallet? One Derek Sanderson Jeter. So there you go. So so uh, give you a props to Les. Les, my favorite player, Tony Glenn. 
and he gave me that there. So he takes old gloves and he refurbishes them into wallets and yep. other things there. Gosh, it's a way that, and, and don't just think he does it for the guys. There's yep. stuff for the girls there as well, too. He does a baseball he purse. Does card well. holders. He does uh, basically anything leather that you want your baseball glove to be repurposed into. Um, or you maybe want to buy a baseball glove but don't want to actually play the game. It's an excellent event what you have, great prices, and uh, Les is just a lovely old man. Absolutely, um, and his son played and, Major uh, League Baseball, so. Yes. So, yes, we, we, we're we going to have Les back on. We, we need to, yeah, we need to uh, try and off get season, Off-season yeah. off goals when we're not doing yeah. anything. <laughs> just as long as I don't have to do two interviews a night with the flu for three straight weeks this time. You did well. I'm happy to do whatever. Um so let's move back to let's talk more about equipment. Then, what are some of the what are some of the, the notable com- the no- notable companies to look out for? Um, who would you rank as the ones that are up there as the kind of toppermost of the poppermost, so to speak? So you're going to see Rawlings everywhere. They are the ones that sponsored the Gold Glove. It's the mm-hmm. Rawlings Gold Glove there. Um, there are tons of glove manufacturers. There's not going to be a huge difference between them because once you're spending enough money on it, like they'll all be pretty much the same there. And it really comes down to personal choice on whether you like the glove or not. Um, you can spend the money to go like this. You can uh, your web custom. So I got mine custom there, and they'll have different webs there. Um, and so yeah, so uh, you know, do your research. There are uh, 20, 30 different glove companies out there. And you can just find something you like and uh, fits your budget needs. I guess that's the important thing there. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there there's so many different manufacturers of these gloves. Just find one you like, and they do it. I mean, was it? It's a it's Ross up in Dundee who's got the ice cream glove. Yeah. So there you go. So you know you you can do whatever you want. So I, I get one glove to start, and I would absolutely spend the money and buy um, a, a, a really nice glove that you can use the rest of your life. Want to give another shout out to one of our North American friends as well. If you're interested in gloves, but again, don't want to play, there's another unique kind of twist you can put on things. Right. Uh, we know someone who manufactures um, and designs old-time baseball gloves. Yes, we do. Oh, gosh, yeah. We'll, well, we'll have to cover that on another episode. Yeah, but, we should uh, go into the evolution of equipment, try and get him back on. <laughs> fly on you. That's all right. That's how fly <laughs> I am. The dad jokes never end. Anyways, yes. So, uh, our, pretty fly for a middle aged guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, uh, I'm, cre- I'm creeping up. Don't worry. You're on there. So, uh, William Peebles of Huntington Baseball Co., who actually does the Baseball Scotland official baseballs there. Uh, also, Which you can does- buy from. From Dugout Classics. We still have a few left. I don't, I, you know, I'll, I'll do a giveaway do for Do we one have one we can show? Um, they're here somewhere. I'll have to find them later. <laughs> It's a mess in here. Like I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting guests till about a day ago. Yeah, see exactly. You're just pulling stuff out now. Um, and and uh, William does old time baseball, so it's uh, the rules of the game are set in the 1870s, and it's a proper glove there. And so yes, William's a great guy, uh, and, and we can talk about the history of gloves another time um, when it's not the season there. So <laughs> he's a fascinating guy to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. I had a good time with William. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So we'll try and get him back on in the off season and talk about the evolution of baseball gloves in a more general sense from the beginning to now. I, you know what? He's doing well. I, I, I dropped a message. It's, yeah, he was at um, Cooperstown the other Fantastic. day, the weekend there for a Hall of Fame weekend. So um, it, it was good to see that he's doing well. And uh, yeah, so we'll get him on as a guest again and, and maybe we'll do that in the off season to keep us busy. So we have something to do besides uh, count down the days till. Uh, Spring training. So Brian <laughs> Clark's just coming to the game. He says, "Get Albert and I'll uh, <laughs> and I'll get us getting gloved." 
That is something that I'm surprised Albert doesn't already have, to be honest. I think if you're going to get him a glove, he actually needs to wrestle an alligator first and put it in a submission hold. <laughs> I think that's part of the rule. Put it in a sharpshooter. Like I said, if he can like elbow drop it a few times yeah. and knock it out, I think he's got a chance. Uh, and then we can make sure he a glove for him and some boots as well. We might as well get him everything. Yeah, up. crocodile boots. Exactly. Why not? Um, I'm going to take this off. <laughs> All right. Um, so bats then. Um, picking the right bat is one of the pre- probably one of the key components of choosing your equipment as a baseball player. What should people look for? What should people stay away from? And who would you call the best bat manufacturer? Well, that's a tough one there. So bats are personal choice, and your standard model is a one TED model, and that's what pretty much everyone swings there. And there are literally hundreds of different variations uh, of different bat models here. So. I've got my, oh gosh, number 73. So apparently this was the Barry Bonds model. And what it is here is a thicker handle. It's weighted on this end more. And if you can see, you've got a thicker end cap there. And that gives it the balance. So it doesn't seem as heavy as the way it is there. Uh, a lot of it has to do with weight. So most of it is minus three. So I, have, I, I swing a 34-inch bat and it weighs 31 ounces. That is the maximum amount of weight you can take off is minus three. You can obviously go minus two, minus one, or zero. Uh, I am not John Nelson who can just pick up trees and swing these things. So, <laughs> um, and, and you're going to find different models are different suited. So if you are starting the game off, a 110 is the perfect model there. If you are more of a kind of a power hitter or gap hitter, you can get something with a bigger barrel. Um, and it's going to come down to literally feel and that's the, the hardest part about being a british baseball player is you can't just go into a local sporting goods store and start picking up bats going i like the weight of that i like the weight of that there so you actually need to do the research beforehand to go okay this feels all right i like that um or and, and that's the toughest bit so if you ever get a chance to go to the states and you can go to a bat store and just start looking at that and go okay these are the models i want to feel and swing that bat and it, it, it for me, it's a feel thing. I can pick it up and go, wow, I wish I would have swung this earlier yeah. in my career. Um, I feel the same way. Yeah. And it's hard. So um, the bat companies, again, they all use the same wood. It's all produced in the same area. Um, it, there's not to say there's not. I literally have one from, so this bat here is a pillbox bat. Um, they were nice enough to send it to me uh, and, and, I do my best to promote them and cool guys as well we interviewed them as well um well, you did. i did <laughs> and um and they do a really good bat i use this for games so the one thing i would say about bat i would say you buy two bats you do your one for training that you can just not care about and then your gamer that you use just for games and your bat will last for years so i i've had a bat last a weekend <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that was my own fault because i slammed it down and cracked that thing and i've had other bats last five years so depending on what, what kind of bat you have you have and how you take care of it your bat can last for a long time um, the main thing being is you want to go with the grains yeah. so when you do it and and, and you don't you know, you're going to break a bat it happens so don't um, swing it covers that'll break in on you <laughs> but yeah so um uh, good bat companies. Warstick is probably one of my favorites. I bought I bought quite a few Warstick ones. I started buying their bats in as early I think as 2011. Uh, they have gotten huge in the last 10 years. They uh, a sponsor. They're co-owned by Ian Kinsler, 
and Jack White from the Whites is the White Stripes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. I'm not that old yet. So, that, uh, so they are all part owners of that. And uh, Jack White's a huge baseball fan, and they seem to get together and play these Sandlot games, which is really cool. Uh, the guy in charge, his name escapes me in the moment. He was a baseball player throughout uni and then did a design as his major and then just realized that there was actually not no one's done anything with a baseball bat besides maybe flame treated and like that and he wanted to see bats with color and he was the first person that started noticed it started doing bats with color so half dip full dip and that there and i thought hey that was pretty cool um and he did some amazing research on the different types of bat there um again you wear a lot like a maple or an ash bat um, there are birch bats you can get out there, um, and it's going to be a matter of choice. I've used a birch bat. It seems to be springier off the, off the when you hit the ball, which is weird. And funny enough, I've used a bamboo bat for a while. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, bamboo bat. And, and, and it's kind of like a, a composite, and, and it's your bamboo pressed together. And actually, I thought that was a lot of fun to play with. And um, I believe Sylvan broke that on accident. When he used it one time, so I so if you're watching, you owe me a bad still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, there, you know, again with a bat, it, it, there's no wrong company to go with. Like I said, you know, you can. I I played with a blank bat from people that do viper bats. They do just stock bats alone, and they come. Um, gosh, do I have? Oh, I have it. Oh yes. Oh, look at that. Came prepared. And literally, that's it. This is this is my practice bat that I used to use. Same, same model. So you can see, still have the cupped area yeah. up, up there. So uh, it's about that. And literally, all I have done with it is it came this way, and I, I varnished it myself. And oh, I, I, it was inside, and I, where I flame, flame treated it, and I put Ooh. and I, I took uh, a kitchen blowtorch. I put, and I and I, I burnt it, so you had the like, Instagram.com slash bubble and baseball. <laughs> we'll find out a picture of that later. And uh, so yeah, so I mean, I, this bat I paid thirty dollars for. Mm -hmm. I literally, and I used this for four years yeah. and zero problems with it there. Um, so you know, you you don't need to go and spend one hundred and twenty, one hundred thirty dollars on a bat mm -hmm. and have it shipped over. You literally can get a bat for thirty dollars and it lasts forever there. So you know, it, all they haven't done is they haven't they haven't put the varnish on, they haven't painted it, and it's just called a blank bat, and that's done the trick there. So. Um, so if you guys are have your questions about bats, please send me a DM. I'll answer anything you want. I've done a lot of research in bats, and um, you know it'd be awesome to get somebody to actually sponsor us and give us, and give us bats. Not give us bats, but maybe let us buy bats and bring them over because mm -hmm. that'd be pretty awesome to have your own Scottish National League bat. Absolutely, yeah. So if there's anyone watching with a bat company, <laughs> get in touch with Paul. Um, let's close things up there. Uh, before we do, we will take a wee look at this coming Sunday schedule. And like, like I said, it's a doozy. Um, first game we have coming up is the Edinburgh Cannons. They travel to Aberdeen. They have the uh, honour of playing the Aberdeen Oilers. That's going to be a big game for the Cannons. Also a big game for the Oilers. Obviously the Oilers sitting at 3-4. and four. Um, If they can get to 500 and then have, finish up with a, a strong last couple of weeks, there's no, you know, they're by no means out of the race for the top two. Um, so they'll be wanting to put in 110% effort these next few weeks and try to make up that, that ground. Um, they do have, uh, they are one of the four teams that has a game in hand as well, so they are very much still in this. Um, the second game of this uh, coming Sunday, we've got Tayport, and they are visiting the Glasgow Galaxy in, uh, in Glasgow. 
Um, that could be a good game. That should be a good game, yeah. That, that could be one that uh, feels they could actually uh, win. So. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be a big one for the Galaxy as well, as they like to try and ensure that they'll uh, make it the postseason as well. Um, and the last one, which I think is going to be a cracker, it's a huge game. I'm going to be there. Um, I don't think I'll play, but I will be in Edinburgh this weekend. Um, it's the Comets at the, the Edinburgh Diamond Devils. Um, so the top, the top two teams uh, for most of the season. Comets had a couple of losses. The Cannons have caught up with the Comets. So it's going to be crucial for the Comets to try and get a win there. It's going to be very difficult. You know, this team, the Diamond Devils, have been absolutely tremendous this year. Um, so that, that has the makings of a classic. Absolutely. I mean, that could really throw a, a spanner into a, into the works there if uh, the Comets win that one. So yeah, yeah. That, that if you're in Edinburgh, I do recommend yep. hopping on and going to see that game there. I might even yeah. try to find time to go down and check it out. Is it is it is it happy ability to call it game of the season? Ooh. If the Comets win that game, then it swings the pendulum a wee bit more towards kind of the Comets. Um, if the Devils win that game, then it probably makes them champions elect. Quite for, possibly, for all intents yeah. and purposes, with how tight things have been. If I knew how. They decided who wins the league. And if yeah. it's with ties, that would probably help say that. But it, I definitely say it's one of the most mm. important games of the season, right? If it's, if it's by run score total or run differential, the Devils are, you know, that's that's where they're, they're amazing. I, I think, it, goes, I think it still goes head to head first. Yeah. So um, we shall see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Like I said, we were getting to the, the fun part of the season where everyone's all of a sudden uh, trying to get win the games to, yep. to make sure that you get that there. And, uh, um, you know, a place where you can. So we we get the, the cup going on in the off season and you want to get your good placement in that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's close uh, let's close there then. Uh, let's uh, first off plug our social media channels. Uh, if you're watching live, obviously you know that we're at facebook.com slash caps and pipes. We're also at Twitter, it's at caps and pipes. He's at bubble and baseball, and I'm at John Caps Pipes on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Instagram at ballcaps and bagpipes. Uh, you can just find us through Linktree, which is linktree.com slash pipes. That's got uh, the Spotify, the iTunes, um, and several other links, including YouTube. Um, so we have a presence on all of those. If you just search ballcaps and bagpipes on YouTube or the podcast provider of your choice, uh, you'll come up. Trust me, there's no one else yeah. in the world called ballcaps and bagpipes. You, you Google <laughs> us, we're coming up. You're going to find us. I'm the Bullcaps. He's the bagpipes. Uh, yeah. We've been Bullcaps and bagpipes. And I think I got that the wrong way around. You did get the wrong way. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm the Bullcap guy. You're the He's bag the Bullcaps. I'm the bagpipes. And uh, that'll be it for this week. We'll see you again next week with uh, hopefully some uh, exciting uh, results. Exciting yeah. Baseball to talk about. Uh, yeah. Uh, or, or a rain out at this time of year. It'll be either. Either. So <laughs> we'll find out. It, uh, it's festival time then in Edinburgh, so it always rains out. So yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> thank you so very much for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to the audio version, um, please do uh, check out previous episodes. The all previous episodes are on Spotify, iTunes, and uh, other podcast platforms. Uh, obviously, you can find most of the video versions on Facebook, on Facebook, and uh, all the video casts that we've done so far are Absolutely. on YouTube as well. I will very slowly get around to catching up with the NLB Mark uh, podcast feed, which is its own separate feed now. Just search NLB Mark podcast on your podcast provider of choice or visit uh, YouTube where you can find the video. Find everything we've done. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm gradually getting back to catching up with things. We'll catch up with things, yeah. So uh, <laughs> said we'll, we'll be on 
every Tuesday night from nine o'clock to the rest of the season there. Well, at least one of us yep. would be on there. We apologize for missing there because it's been a busy summer. It's been a very busy summer. Go Yankees and Bobby Bonilla. <laughs>